Hello, welcome back. This is episode two of the Check the Tape podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Ari Atari, once again. Uh, we did not have a show last week. I wrote an NBA column. Um, still probably should have had a show last week. Whatever. We're still working out the kinks on the podcast. Uh, it's a learning curve for me. So I'm, I'm trying to you know do my best here and learn while at the same time putting out as much content as possible. But uh, Brian's back. I'm back. Yeah, you're back. you're back. Um, yep. So we have some football stuff to discuss. We will talk about the World Series towards the end here. Uh, my Boston Red Sox are playing in the World Series. I didn't know if you knew that. Yeah, no, I, that's that's what the word on the street is. Yeah, you're going. You're going tonight, right? You're going down to Fenway. You're not going to the game. I don't think I'm going to the game. No. No. But that I mean, unless. Somebody hears this and wants to give me a ticket. I mean, I, I or or somebody hears this and wants to sponsor this as an ad. Yeah, I mean, after the second episode, I don't think that that's what it's going to be. But uh, <laughs> you never know, right? Um, yeah, right. You never know. All right, so week seven in the books. Uh, Monday night football was last night. Oh, I should have mentioned this from the top. This is, I'm recording this on Tuesday. Hopefully, this will be up by the time. Uh, World Series game before World Series game one, so some people can listen to it. But we're mainly focusing on football, so it'll still remain relevant, I guess, throughout the week. Um, so yeah, week seven is in the books. Uh, let's get right to it. What stood out to you the most this week? What what is what's the one thing that uh, you really want to just get to it with? Well, I mean, clearly the Rams are the best team in the NFL. I mean, and, and that goes without saying. But yeah, we're not breaking time, any wind there. So, the, 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 but at the same time, something that's even more important, I think, going forward breaking are all these trades that have come out from this. Uh, you have the Jags making a very interesting trade earlier last week for for Carlos Hyde. That makes me think that Leonard Fournette might be a little bit farther off than we think. And then most yeah. recently, how about the Cowboys trading for wide receiver finally and Amari Cooper? First of all, a guy that potentially could still be in concussion protocol. And secondly, they gave up a first round pick. They gave up a first rounder. So let's look at the, let's look at the Raiders side of it first. Um, Gruden now has three first round picks. And I say Gruden, not Reggie McKenzie, because John Gruden's the one calling the shots there. Right. They, so they have three first round picks in the draft, their own, the bears one from the Khalil Mack trade and the Amari Cooper one, you know, Gruden took a lot of crap, rightfully so for the Khalil Mack trade, trading probably one of the only two defensive players who, like the two biggest defensive, one of the two big defensive players, Khalil Mack and Aaron Donald. They're Aaron yeah. Donald. They're the top two defensive players. That's what I'm trying to say. Ugh. Um, and he took a lot of crap for trading away one of them. And I think this trade, you know, I don't think he's redeemed himself because that trade was abysmal, the Khalil Mack one. But to get a first-round pick for Amari Cooper, I mean, this guy, and it's not just you can't just look at it in a vacuum. It's the first round pick for Amari Cooper. Uh, after this season, the Cowboys have to extend him. They have to because you don't just give up a first round pick for a one year rental, you know. No. Um, so I, I don't think Amari Cooper lived up to the expectations. He never became uh, one of those top wide receivers, you know. And he was drafted with the fourth overall pick, so you he had to be like a Pro Bowl type player, right? Yeah. And he never became that. He had his best season. Uh, his best season was his second year, right? The year that the Raiders made the playoffs. The 2016 season, yep. Yeah, that was his se- yeah, and his he's dipped since then. And I don't know, I don't like it when a receiver has a dip and they don't come back, especially on a two year period. Uh, and I and I don't so 
I think it was the smart move by Gruden uh, getting rid. If it's, well, because he got a first rounder for him, I think it was a good move. You know. Like the, and I also think, Gary, that when you are John Gruden at this point, just go all in. Go all in at this point and and start and go a complete rebuild. Uh, well, I mean, I, I don't think – I still think the Khalil Mack thing was terrible. But no, like, I do too. I completely agree. But the only way to validate that move is to get rid of all of your, your assets and, and turn those into drop picks. And yeah. finally – that, that's the only way you can rationalize that move. And, yeah. I, and I do think that this is the correct move for uh, for the Raiders going forward. Now it's just who else do they get rid of at this point? Well, it's, it seems like everyone's gonna everyone's on the market except for Carr. Yeah. Carr and Gruden, they're conjoined by the hip, and they will... Uh, conjoined or joined? I don't know, dude. Um, conjoined's a good way. I don't know. Um, yeah, so they're in this together. They're going to Vegas together. Uh, that could be a good movie. Uh, <laughs> Gruden uh, drives car to Vegas. Gruden's car to Vegas. <laughs> oh, that's good. Um, I don't even know who would play Gruden. Dennis Leary? Maybe. Dennis- <laughs> Andrew Dice Clay? Andrew Dice Clay. <laughs> All right. So we agree there that, uh, it was a good move for the Raiders. Good move for the Raiders, yeah. Because Cooper never really became that upper echelon receiver. No, that. and like you said, I mean, really, what has he what has he done for for the Raiders? I mean, other than the year they made the playoffs. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. They, and they lost the playoffs. And then well, Carr got Carr, hurt, so yeah. Well, Derek Carr, yes, but I mean, this is a this is a first round top ten pick, and you get a you get a first round potentially top ten pick out of this, then it's worth it to me. So, uh, okay, so now let's look at – so we got that. Let's talk about the Cowboys side of it. Uh, they haven't had a playmaker. They don't have – they never had that – they haven't had that top number one receiver all year since cutting Des Bryant uh, this last offseason. And I actually agreed with the move to cut Des Bryant because he wasn't the same receiver he was in the Romo years. And, you know, now he's on Twitter, like, begging teams to sign him, right? Like he said, what did he say to the Patriots? Like, please pick me up or something? I, I don't know. He's, he was trying to – he was just saying he would be good on the Patriots. I think any, what he Anytime a team doesn't play well on offense and the receivers are the problem, he tweets at that team. He says they need him, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. So uh, he's gone and they didn't have a number one receiver or, or someone who they considered a number one receiver. It was Cole Beasley, um, Alan Hearns, Tavon Austin, who's – I don't know why people have convinced themselves he's a good football player. And they got their they got the guy who they will now make their number one in Amari Cooper, and they'll probably sign him to an extension this offseason. So this trade is kind of similar to what the Rams did this offseason, how they traded the Patriots a first-round draft pick for Brandon Cooks. Yeah. And, but I don't think Amari Cooper is anywhere near where Brandon Cooks was. Not to say Brandon Cooks is like this all-pro receiver. But uh, I don't think Amari Cooper is. I think he's more reliable at this point than than Amari Cooper is. Yeah, and then the other thing with Brandon Cooks you can say is, oh, we have Sean McVay, this great offensive mind. He can really bring the the talent out and really use Brandon Cooks' best abilities to uh, his advantage. Uh, You trust Jason Garrett to do that? I don't. (laughs) No. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that offense is so stale during, like, the first whatever – 56 and a half minutes of a football game. And it's not till when they're like trailing behind and Dak has to scramble and improvise and make plays that that's when they start to stand out, you know? Yeah. 
And so I don't trust Jason Garrett with that. I mean, maybe when if if because I'm not going to say when because we don't know, but if they fire Garrett and bring in a new head coach this offseason, then maybe more offensive. I mean, Jason Garrett is considered an offensive minded head coach. I would say he's a he doesn't really have much of a mind when it comes to offense. But uh, if they got a coach who is more. I don't know, better at off at running an offense, for the lack of a better word, then maybe he can uh, help bring Amari Cooper back to where he was in the 2016 season. But right, as for right now, for this season, I hate this move because Amari Cooper is not worth a first-round pick. And the other thing, too, is is that the, the, there's been so much emphasis on the receivers for yeah. the Dallas Cowboys. How about just get Ezekiel Elliott the ball? Yeah. He only, he's only touched the ball more than 20 times in three games this season. He only yeah. has four touchdowns. This is a top so, three running back in the league. Yes, and that is not nearly enough. Yeah. And the times where he's touched the ball 20-plus times, he's had over 100 yards uh, of total, total yards. So that's the thing. I, I think that there's way too much emphasis here to, to the receivers and not enough emphasis on the running game for Dallas. Yeah. Uh, when you have a game-breaking running back like Ezekiel Elliott. And you clearly see frustration with him on, an, on a daily basis when you come to these games and he's not getting the ball and they're losing. Yeah. And that's just the way it is now in the modern NFL era when these, these game-breaking players are not getting the ball and their teams are losing. And Ezekiel Elliott is not getting the ball nearly enough uh, in this Dallas offense uh, for them to be successful. And I think once he gets the ball enough, then these other receivers, complimenting receivers. Then you go to play, yeah. Then you can go to play action, and, right? Or keep the defense on its heels with the. I don't know why do they? Why do they not do RPOs? I mean, they used to. I mean, the, the year what was it? The year that uh, it was the 2015 season. I mean, like they go, they go. Don't they go to like every once in a while? I just don't know why they wouldn't like make that like their featured play. You know. I just think, like I said, there's just too much emphasis on the lack of receiving yeah. on this team, and, yeah. and not enough. Their their strength is in their running game. Not in the not. It's never been in the past. Well, I think it's in the running game and also Dak uh, running around and improvising. I really but, like. I like Dak when he does go, that. Running, it, it all relies on the running game, right? Because right, that improv- right. improvisation with Dak is clearly set up by the running game of Ezekiel Elliott. Yep. Okay. Um, but yeah. So the reason I think they made this move, not only do they, you know, want to think this would make them better, but they. Uh, you know, that division is wide open. And you, you, I said, so two weeks ago, you said, I think, I mean, you told me this. I don't know if you said this on the actual podcast, but uh, you, you mentioned you think Washington's going to win. And I thought you were just overreacting. And to an extent, I still think I, I don't think you're overreacting anymore. I still don't think Washington's going to win. I just think somehow the Eagles are going to figure this thing out. But the Eagles are having the classic uh, Super Bowl hangover season. Yeah. And. I, and, you know, this can be fixed. Ajayi's out there. Running backs are pretty horrid. Uh, Corey Clement? Clement? Yeah, Corey, Corey Clement, yep. Clemente? No, not Roberto Clemente. Corey, Corey Clement. Clement. I, I know what his name is. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, and Wendell Smallwood, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know. These guys aren't really – these guys are not scary running backs. Would you – would you be uh, fearful if you were going up against one of them in fantasy football? I don't think I would. No, and that's why that's why I think that the Redskins are the best team in the division. Yeah. Because if you look at their, if you well, look Adrian their, Peterson can't play like this forever, can he? I mean, he can't, but he has. <laughs> I mean, he's been a very. I don't viable, get it. I really don't he's get been it. A very viable running back option for this team that lost their 
their best running back. I thought he was done. Season. I thought he was done. I don't know how he's doing this. The wheels have to fall off at some point. And they, you know, this is just like a classic Alex Smith team. But I wrote about this. I wrote about this um, a, in that picks column I had that may or may not be. Oh, I already made that joke. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I wrote about this in that picks column how I think Alex Smith is an upgrade over Kirk Cousins. Now the Vikings have been winning, and uh, Kirk Cousins has. You know, I've been leading them to some wins there, especially he seems to really have the same type of connection that uh, Case Keenum had with Adam Thielen last year. Or maybe Adam Thielen is just like one of the top three receivers in the league and we need to start addressing him as such. But uh, I still think Alex Smith is an upgrade over Kirk Cousins. I mean, and I think I, that will be held true by the end of this season. Um, so, yeah, they have him. They have Peterson playing like it's 2012, kind of. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I, you could see them uh, winning it because the division's so crap. But we'll see. The Cowboys got Mari Cooper. Maybe the Eagles will get it together. Uh, we don't know. Um, at what point do the Eagles fans start to hope for Foles to start is the real question. Uh, like, let's, so, th- so this week they play the Jags. And we can talk about the other side of the Jags. Let's say they go to London. Wentz is... Because, you know, the Jags, Blake Bortles, the Jaguars, they're on a three-game London winning streak. They're incredible is it time, there. Is it time to, to knight him? Is it time to knight yeah, Blake Bortles? Yeah. I mean, he's 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 royalty. Uh, get him um, – I mean, he's, he's an invite to the next royal wedding. He, I don't know why he didn't get an invite to the royal wedding for uh, Harry and Meghan Markle. I really don't know why. That's what he needs. I, I, who was – like Serena Williams was there. Oprah was there. There was a lot of – James Cor- well, James Corden's from uh, – yeah, he's British. Uh, gee, we're talking about the royal wedding on a football podcast. Um, <laughs> That's what these London games will do to you. Yeah. I'm sure, who else was there? Was George Clooney there? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, I, I did not watch. Too early for me. I barely um, got up for the, for the London game this, this week, let alone the uh, wedding. So, yeah, but he's obviously played really good in London. Definitely should have been invited to that wedding. And... <laughs> So the Jaguars, yeah. So the point is, the Jaguars are right, or they're not riding a high by any means, but they're always they seem to play well in London. And let's say the Eagles lose this game, and they fall to three and five. What would Wentz's record as the starter be this season? He started from week three on, right? So he would be two and three. Is that right? Yep. No. With a with a uh, no, he'd be two and he'd be two and four. He, yeah, because this week would be his, his yeah. Yeah, yeah, he would be two and four if he lost this week. He's already two and three, and if he goes to two and four, and let's say their offense is horrible, uh, Calais Campbell and the Jags defense, Jalen Ramsey and all them just clobber once from start to finish. Like, will and then they go, they have a bye week after this one. I'm assuming because they're playing in London, right? Uh, I don't know. Bye week, yes. yes. Right. So. Imagine like the eagle. Like imagine the conversation. Maybe we should stick with Foles. You know, he, ride the hot hand. He he did lose, but he did lose that Bucks game. So yes, how hot is that hand? And he didn't really look good in the Falcons game week one. But I don't know. I was waiting. I've been waiting for this thing to pop up all season, and maybe it will. Maybe it will. I mean, I, I think that there's there's a lot wrong with this Eagles team, and it first comes to the to the fact that you know there's a there's a clear issue at quarterback right now. Um, he doesn't look the same, you know. No, yeah. he doesn't. And the, the other problem is is the running game. There's no there's no running game at all. Yeah. Uh, and and that's the problem with a lot of these teams. You can go back to a lot of the teams, and of course you lose Jay Ajayi to the injury, but 
you know, it's not like you're losing a feature back. You know, they won with Corey, Cle- Corey Clement. They won with uh, Nick Foles. They won a Super Bowl with these guys. Right. I just think that, you know, they need to take a step back here, realize where they are in the division, first of all, because, you know, there's three teams still in this division that have a very good chance to win the division. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you know, that's a tough, it's tough because that, that is the guy that you thought was your franchise quarterback for years upon years upon years. And now you have basically the entire fan base doubting him, trying to bring in a guy that won you a Super Bowl, won you the playoff stretch uh, that you wanted, and finally got you that Super Bowl you've been wanting for years. Right. But at the same time, you know, this is, do you really give up on your quote-unquote franchise quarterback? Uh, we'll see, because, you know, the way we talk about Mahomes this season, and the Chiefs have been great, the offense has been unstoppable, and we, we talk about, and we all think Mahomes is going to win MVP probably. And the way we talk about Mahomes, I think to a little bit of a lesser degree, is how we talked about Wentz last season until he got injured against the Rams. Yeah, it's fair. Um, so we'll see. Let's talk, what about the other side, the Bortles? Do, is this, because he got benched, but he's still going to start this week. I mean, you yeah. can't not start Blake Bortles in London. It's hard. You can't not start him in London. Blake Bortles, this has been a long time coming for. He's them. on that three-game London winning streak. I, but this is a long time coming for for Blake Bortles. I mean, if Blake like Bortles, year, listen, if, if Blake Bortles loses in London, that's when you know it's over. I mean, we already know it's over. Like he only he seems to only play good against the Patriots, even though he had those two good. He did get two playoff wins, but it seems like when Bortles has to come from behind, he's it's just over. You know. Well, here's the other thing. I think it was it was ridiculous of, of people quickly anointing the Jags as a as a top contending team in the AFC. Yeah, not with That's those the other rec- thing. not with those receivers. No, not with the receivers. Not with Fournette out. out in and out of the of the rotation nope. uh, on a weekly basis. Not with Blake Bortles at quarterback. Nope. Uh, not with the defense underperforming. Not I with mean, Tom. Really Co- the- not with Tom Coughlin running this franchise. <sighs> Not with Tom Coughlin <laughs> not being the head coach of the franchise. Please, Coughlin. Uh, but no, th- th- this is, I think there's far more issues with the Jags than Blake Bortles, but it, it clearly starts with him. And it's been that way for years now. You know, everyone, you know, he had a good stretch last year. He, you know, he played he played well enough to get them wins in the playoffs and a game away from the Super Bowl. Um, but, you know, I think that was just a band-aid masking the fact that he is not uh, an upper echelon quarterback or even an average quarterback like an Alex Smith that you can have that can win you close games. Yeah, He's not good. He's just not good. He's not good. He got exposed in that Texans game. And, uh, look, well, he's been, I mean, you got to start him in London, but you know, what well, they got, they got to move on after the season, get a new quarterback. So you, do you think that they trade for a quarterback trade? Yeah. This I season. mean, who would you trade for? For like a Teddy Bridgewater or Sam Bradford or um, something like that. No, definitely not Bradford because you can't trust him to stay on the field. Uh, Bridgewater is interesting. I think the Saints want to have that insurance policy for Breeze. Uh, and who's? What about Taylor? Why is Taylor like not on Tyrod the Tyrod Taylor? Market? Yeah, a Tyrod Taylor. I don't know. Maybe the Giants can get Tyrod Taylor. Yeah. All right. Because because my boy is not coming out of college. Here. Uh, this year. Who, Justin Herbert? Is that his name? Yeah, yeah, he's not coming uh, out, so my dreams are crushed. Oh, what, he like definitively said that? 
Yeah, that's what the word is. So. All right. We're at the 20-minute mark, and I will give you 45 seconds to talk about the New York football giants. Go. So yesterday, the Pat Shermer decision to go for two, when you're watching it, it seems utterly ridiculous. Then when you think about it, it's not as as ridiculous as it sounds. This, this is something we can talk about going forward, the idea of going for two points and questioning that, when's the right time to go. But I could not be happy that the Giants lost. They, 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 this is if you were a Giants fan and you had any, uh, you know, thought that they could still you have win twenty division, seconds. You're wrong. So every loss the Giants have for the rest of the year is a good loss because it just gets Eli out. They make the trade today for Eli Apple. Ten seconds. Good, good trade. This, these are all good signs going forward if you're a Giants fan. Okay, you finished with some time to spare. All right, yeah, the Giants suck. Why do we have to talk about them? Uh, yeah. But you need Every that loss is a good loss going forward. But if you get a quarterback next year who's actually like not the most washed quarterback in the league, then uh, I think things could look up because um, they're gonna they're gonna trade. They'll they'll sign a quarterback or they'll they'll trade. I don't know about your boy Shermer though. I don't know. Is he is he a, is he a real head coach? I mean, he listen. Did, I like I like what he has to say. I like how he he handles the team. He gives a good interview. He does give a good interview. I do like that. He's better than he's a, he's more personable than Ben McAdoo. That's for sure. Does he uh, does he get into the X's and O's? I mean, he he when he explained the two point conversion, it made sense to me. So yes. All right, whatever. We'll see. We at least you know Eli's done. He is. He is done. No, you can't you can't go any other way. I mean, and if he and if, and if he like for some some way somehow has this miraculous comeback, I'll play this. I'll like I'll find the clip and just edit it out and. Um, just play that to you on an infinite loop. <laughs> He's done. He's done. Uh, all right. So that's enough about your team. Uh, you had a point you wanted to make about my beloved New England Patriots, right? Yeah, yeah, I do. I, and I think I, that's like the last thing we're going to touch on before we get to baseball. Yeah, that and the two points, if we get to the two points situation real quick about okay. how teams to go for two points. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. More of a big picture thing, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My thing with the Pats, we can keep this pretty short because okay. I think he's going to come back uh, fairly sh- soon. But I am under the impression that Rob Gronkowski does not want to play football anymore. Oh my God! I think that he only wants to play for the New England Patriots because well, Tom Brady he said that. Right. If Tom Brady is to leave at any point, or to get hurt, or you know, whatever the case is, Gronk is gone. So you think it's. You think it's, he doesn't love football, or he only no. loves football with Tom Brady? I think he only loves football with Tom Brady. I mean, how could you not? What if he was playing for the Chiefs? You don't think Travis Kelsey loves playing football? Uh, right listen, now? Travis Kelsey is no Rob Gronkowski. The thing with Gronkowski is, is that you know you have. Well, a he team. might be now, but you know you have a team, right? This is this is a ripe situation for Rob Gronkowski at this team at this moment, right? Yeah. Because your best receiver right now is Julian Edelman, right? Uh, is it? It could be Gordon, maybe. Could be. There's a they, that's. I mean, Edelman's clearly Edelman's the guy on like third but down. Out of, out of all these options, right? Gordon Edelman. Yeah, Edelman's the guy on third down I trust the most from the receivers. But but. but Rob Gronkowski is the is the best player on that offense. He's the he's not like a possession like you know how there's those possession backs and those receivers you can go on third down. Gronkowski is you know he's a home run hitter. 
Uh, you use him, you get big plays out of him. The thing is, though, like when he's being tackled now, it's almost like he's getting ready for the hit he's about to yeah. take. He used that to was, like. That was one of my points. He used to just, you know, bulldoze over people, and he's he's not the same player. When you have all those injuries over years and years, they accumulate, and you know the Patriots don't really like going to him because. You know, there's. I think they're a little scared he'll get hurt again and miss the year because you want him in the playoffs. And you know, we saw last year in the AFC Championship game. Remember, he got that concussion in the first half against Jacksonville. Yeah. And um, I think he. I don't. I don't think he has a lot of years left in him. Uh, pro, not many. I mean, they tried to trade him to the Lions, and that's kind of alarming that they were trying to move him. You know. Yeah. And I think that there there is a there is a growing concern. That you just that you just highlighted that the Patriots are aware that Gronkowski is done when Brady's done. Yeah, I mean, they, and they also are aware that like the wheels like could fall off on Gronkowski any minute. I, like, would you be surprised if Gronkowski was done playing for the Patriots before Brady? Like, not at the same time. I'm not saying they leave at the same time. I'm saying Gronkowski's done and Brady still plays like two more years. You know, that wouldn't surprise me. No, it wouldn't. But I would actually put that as the favorite. Yeah, I agree. I, the other thing, too, is, you know, there's always comparisons between Gronkowski and Kelsey, right? They're two very similar. Well, uh, yeah, they have the two same Two very number. similar players, yeah. right? Yeah. Two very similar tight ends. Yep. Same position, same kind of build, same, you know, style of tight end. But if you look at their careers, yep. you can could, you could say that Gronkowski has had the more successful career, obviously, well, has Super Bowls. Yeah, I mean, his um, numbers his are better. Are higher. Yeah. Um, but you're going to get more longevity out of Travis Kelsey. Well, right. yeah, for now. I mean, Gronkowski's like, he's taking all these hits. He's not the same but why, guy. But why is Gronkowski taking all these hits and Kelsey hasn't? How many, has Kelsey played less years? When were, they were drafted at... Gronk was drafted 2010. And Kelsey, I don't know when Travis Kelsey was drafted. You want me to pull it up? On the fly here? It, it, it can't be a couple more years, but like... I don't know, dude. There's just some players who are more injury prone. Like, why is Derrick Rose? Why is he? Uh, Kelsey was dropped in 2013, so he's played three less seasons. But that doesn't even matter. That doesn't matter. But like, why does you know Derrick Rose and Russell Westbrook? They both play a similar style. Uh, they played a similar style of basketball. They were both super athletic point guards who would get to the rim. Why is it that? And you know, Westbrook's had his share of injuries, and Kelsey's had his share of injuries too. Why is it that uh, Westbrook is? Been more fortunate in his career than Derrick Rose has. I don't know, dude. Uh, some people just bad luck. I don't know conditioning. I, I really, I, I don't know. That's it's not that's that's way above my pay grade. You know. Yeah. I, I just it's just a very bizarre. I think bizarre situation. I mean, this guy is clearly the best tight end in the league, but. I wouldn't say clearly, has, honestly. Like has, I, I wouldn't. He like, has a lot going on. I just, there's more going on in that that guy's life and that guy's head fellow fellow Pats fans like they all think oh Gronk's the best and I you know Gronk is probably the best tight end in the NFL but I don't think like the margin between him and Kelsey and maybe some of these other guys is that is as large as it's been in the past I think a guy like Zach Ertz is up there too yeah Gronk's not like far and away this dominant player like he once was you know and it doesn't help when officials don't really call uh defenders for pass interference yeah and that could get old for him too and I think that also you know kind of goes into the to the my line of thinking and that he's done with football very soon. Yep. Uh, but you know, this is a guy that you know has the 
injuries, you know, has had the, you know, issues with coaches and, you know, him and Belichick have not always been on the same page. Yeah. Uh, it's just been Gronk and Brady have always been, the, you know, the, the two That's guys his guy. together. That's his guy. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, and Gronk, like you said, doesn't get the calls that he, he, he wants. and he That he deserves, not that he wants. Him. That he deserves. Uh, but. I just think that he is much that he will be gone and done with football much much sooner than than you think. we are all yeah. led to believe. Okay, um, well, we just talked about the Patriots. Let's talk about a former Patriot, the head coach of the Tennessee Titans now, Mike yeah. Vrabel. Uh, went for two in the London game last week against the Los the Chargers of Los Angeles, and. Got criticized for it for going for two. He tied it at his his Titans. They tied the score, or they didn't tie it actually. It was nineteen to twenty. And instead of kicking the extra point to tie it, yeah, they went for the win and went for the two point conversion and did not get it. Uh, before we like, well, now the debate is: should you go for two? Should you not? Pat Shermer did a similar thing, obviously not for the win in that game. But I don't know. People are really getting uh, mad about this. Like, why is this guy going for two? To me, it's like yeah, these things can't be discussed like in a vacuum. Like, you have to factor in the situation, your offense, how they've been playing, how the other team's offense has been playing, the defense, especially in Vrabel's situation where the uh, uh, it's yeah, in Vrabel's situation where it was gonna go, it could have gone to overtime, and the Chargers could have just gotten the ball scored and uh, his team would have never touched the ball again. Then you would sit and think, hmm, maybe I would have had a better chance at going for it from the one – or because it was at the one-yard line after the flag, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. I would have a better chance going for it at the one-yard line as opposed to maybe waiting for my defense to stop them and then getting it back and then having to drive down and kicking a field goal uh, there. So I don't know. I also think the we have to – judge the actual plays because um, the one thing people like to do is they just like to they just like to you know look at these things in a vacuum and uh the play was awful i i you're at the one yard line why not run some sort of option play with mariota as opposed to throwing it you know that that's one thing people do a lot with seattle when they uh uh criticize Pete carroll's decision to have russell wilson drop down a pass for that second down play like it's one thing to criticize like the actual the actual play or the actual decision to pass instead of running and with Marshawn Lynch, but the play was terrible too. Like it was a throw inside. Like why not? Uh, why not have Wilson like get out of there, right? Yeah. Here's my thing with the with the two point conversion situation. You know, I, I I think what's happening in the NFL is kind of a you know is a is a change from your from your like your dad's and your grandfather's NFL, very similar to like the three point situation in 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 the uh, nba and you know advanced analytics in in major league baseball a lot of guys are trying to bring math into the nfl and the pat Shermer situation i agree with this one with tennessee i don't agree with and here's the thing for the titans you're a team that's in the midst of a of a tight race in the afc south right and you've already beaten the team that's in first place in the texans you take that game and you go to overtime. You, you, you know you have the momentum. You try to get a stop on defense or get the ball in the coin toss, and you win the game, or you get points and try to win the game in, in overtime, where the where the odds are there for you. You lose the game on one play from the one yard line, 
if you don't convert the two-point conversion. Yeah, but is it better? Do you have a better chance of winning that game with one play from the one-yard line? Because you're never gonna have a better chance to score as opposed to being at the one-yard line. Would it be better to have it there than to wait for a coin flip, hope your defense can stop, and then maybe you get the ball and can get it to field goal range? I, just I don't know. Too much risk. I just think there's too much risk. The risk reward differential is too large than the risk reward def- uh, differential when you go to overtime. Yeah. And yes, and yes, kicks. You know, extra points are no, you know, gimme anymore. You saw it with with uh, Justin Tucker with the Ravens. I mean, clearly there, you can make the case. That hey, if the Ravens yeah, yeah, go for yeah. two, maybe they they get the lead and they win. Right. In a similar situation, but in that situation, you kick the extra point every time because Justin Tucker before that had never missed an extra point in his career. Right. So yeah, I'm with. I think I'm with you actually. I think like what uh, Rabel did was bad. I don't think it was the the play was really bad. That that's what bothers me. Yes. That's what bothers me the too. most, to be honest with you. Like the play was awful. And and then you go back to, back to the pass. Giants last night and the Giants. You know, if they, if they make it, then clearly, you know, everyone's saying, wow, what a genius play by Shermer. All they need now is a touchdown and, a, and the extra point, and they win the game. Uh, and on the other side, if you miss it, you still have to go for two points anyway. So yep. you're going for two points eventually if you're the Giants, no matter what. That's why I think questioning that call. Wait, what do you mean you're going for two no matter what? Because the Giants were down at that point in the game. They needed a two-point conversion regardless. They needed they needed two points no, you were down six to twenty. Six. Right, right, right. You're right. You're Why right. not make so, it thirteen twenty, and then you can make it twenty twenty. But here's the deal. You know, they're clearly in their minds they were never going to overtime in that game. They were going to go for two no matter what at some point in that game, what? whether it was at the moment that they went for it or right. at the moment at the end of the game if they if they score a late touchdown and it's you know twenty to nineteen. Pat Shermer was never going to overtime in that game. What do you mean he was that never was going to overtime? Clearly, that was his that was his thought pattern. He well, has he seen has he seen the Falcons play in overtime? They don't win. Well, he, that was his that was his <laughs> thought pattern between that, and that's why I'm saying they were going to go for two regardless because okay. in his mind he was never going to overtime in that game. Oh, so I see what you're saying. He went for two on that first one. So like, if he didn't get it, then when he went for it again, he had another right. shot. Right, and then you're going overtime. I still don't agree like, with it. I think you should he should have gone to overtime. Um, but the thing is, like you were saying, the play call in that – the Shermer's play call – I don't know if you were watching the, the Celtics, I think, last night during, during the Giants game. Uh, I, I watched I watched call, a little both. The play call wasn't a bad play call. I mean, it was a good – they had the right play call. Odell was open. You know, he just – it just it didn't connect. The play call was there. Yep. But, you know, like you said, I think it's more so that, you know, it's a time and place situation and that rather than – you know, hammering the guy for deciding to go for two, it's a play call. You gotta be more on these coaches for what they're what what they choose to play. Yeah. That's so Alright, let's shift gears though, because the World Series is game one is tonight. It is. And it's the Boston Red Sox, my beloved Red Sox versus the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh and Dave Roberts, your boy. Dave Roberts, uh Red Sox legend. Manny Machado, Red Sox, whatever the opposite of legend is. Um, so you are a New York Mets fan, and you do not like either of these two teams. So let me ask you, what is intriguing to you about these two teams playing in uh, the World Series? I think it's the starting pitching, honestly. I really uh, do. Such a, such a boring answer. I do, because you have you have – First of all, obviously the Machado situation is very intriguing. 
clearly. They you know, hate him. We hate they, him. Yeah, there's clear, there's clear hatred. There's clear uh, uh, history, and there's a good chance that Machado will be a Yankee next year too. So that just adds to the the whole uh, to the pot in this right. situation. But as far as a baseball, you know, kind of, you know, strategic portion behind it, it's the starting pitching. And, you know, you and I, you know, we always joke about fireable offenses, right? The fireable offense situation started with with Dave Roberts last year in the World Series. Yeah. Constantly burning through his bullpen. And, yeah. And, and, ju- and just in an in, in, in insane rate. The yeah, jury's out on Dave Roberts. Might not be a good manager. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he is. But the starting pitching here is is obviously Kershaw was great in the in the championship series. Uh, you know, does he have the same you know kind of stuff in the World Series? He's never pitched. Well, I mean, I would argue Chris Sale's a bigger question mark than him. I mean, he's, too, yeah. he's the Red Sox number one guy. He barely he got through only four innings in the ALCS. Has the stomach injury, belly button ring rumors. Yeah. Um, well, and also too, who did the Red Sox put in the lineup? What do you that mean? That lineup was shifting around a lot throughout the playoffs. Okay, are you talking about like in the National League park because of no DH? Yeah. yeah so I think the move you're going to move what's uh you're going to move outfielders into the infield. Too well, the the thing that. is with the Red Sox, uh, you know, this team, you know, they've been a really good team all year. They won 108 games. Um. And the team's really – the outfield has kind of been the main thing with this team, right? Mookie Betts, Andrew Benintendi, Jackie Bradley Jr. Those are two of our top three players. Jackie, uh, not the best hitter, but defensively he's unbelievable. Not the best he's, hitter. Well, not, I mean, yeah. But, now he is. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, like, he's on this hot streak. So I thought, like, originally in the play, when the playoffs started, if we make the World Series, we would just move Mookie to center field – or maybe Benintendi to center and have JD play left and Mookie played right. I don't know. I just thought Jackie would go on the bench and we would have Mookie, Benintendi, and JD in the outfield. Well, now you don't want to take Jackie Bradley out of the lineup when he won uh, ALCS MVP and had the biggest hits in the ALCS. He had the grand slam, the home run in game four. He, uh, he had nine RBIs, I think it was. And you don't want to take him out. So I think and there's been talk of this, and I think this is what they will do and what they should do. Uh, leave Jackie in at center, Benintendi in left, JD, because you need his bat. It's way too important of a play. bat. Field. Uh, you got to put him in right. It would be really nice if JD could play first base. but uh, And then I, I think you got to play Mookie at second base. Yeah. I, I don't He's played s- the infield before. I mean, it's not like he hasn't. The old, the downside. I'm I'm gonna miss like having Mookie's arm, like when he threw out Kemp in that game four. When uh, I think that was the first batter Kimbrel faced, and Kimbrel's been uh, up and down this whole playoffs, more down than up. But I mean, he hasn't he hasn't blown any saves. Hey, they've been uh, you know even sweating those ninth innings out though. Yeah, he's just there's when the closer comes out and just like he walks the first guy. There's that's the worst feeling. I hate that. Listen, here's the other thing, too, and this doesn't have to do with your, your your socks, but the Dodgers at this point, is this must-win territory for this for this Dodgers group? What do you mean? Like the first game or like the World Series in, total, in general? The wor- I mean, obviously they have to win the World Series. They, they, they want to win the World Series. I mean, that, that's a given. But for their legacy going forward, this has been one of the most dominant teams in probably Yeah, I mean, they made, the, they made the play. This is their sixth straight year in the playoffs. They made the yeah, NLCS. Back-to-back World Series. They made the, during the six-year stretch. I mean, it's, they've had Mattingly at the manager during the first couple ones, and then it was, and now it's been Roberts. 
They made four NLCSs, two World Series, no title, you know? Yeah. I'm trying to even think of a team in, like, other sports that maybe compares to that. Like, that has uh, made... The Braves in the 90s were like that, but they won a World but Series. But they won one, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think more recently. I can't really think of one. Maybe the 49ers uh, with Harbaugh. They made three straight NFC championships, the Super Bowl, but they never won a title. Yep. So I guess that's a good comparison, right? Yeah. I mean, at, at what point do you just say, you know, we're not going to win with this group? I mean, it's, just, it's largely the same group if you think about it. And the one point I want to make about this uh, this World Series is – it, and I thought this is interesting. I don't know if you're going to agree or not, but, you know, you play three rounds in the MLB playoffs. You have the DS, CS, and then the World Series. And with the Red Sox, I feel like they're playing their worst team of their three opponents in the World Series. A lot of people were saying that the uh, ALCS was the World Series. I mean, I don't agree with that because it's baseball and baseball is a crapshoot. You know, you play 162 games and then I don't think a seven-game series is uh, indicative of how good the team is or isn't. You know, someone can just get hot for a couple of weeks or a pitcher can just uh, really have his stuff going for two games. So yeah. it's really hard to say. I, I, I don't agree with that. If this was another sport like basketball, um, then because uh, basketball, I think the best team always wins for the most part, best of seven series. But with baseball, you just I, – I don't agree with that. So I don't agree with that. But I do think this isn't the, the worst of the three teams they played. Like I think the Astros were the best, uh, and then there was the Yankees, and then the Dodgers. Listen, don't underestimate the, the Dodgers, man. I mean they're very, very talented. Well, they're exper- – yeah, they're talented. They're experienced. They've been here before. You, they have, have you got Machado. You Machado. Have Machado. I, Machado's going to do something like tonight that's going to make me mad, right? Probably. Um, I, I can see these games being very high scoring. Oh, like very last year. Scoring. Remember that game five last year? Yep. The yep. home run derby. And, uh, very, and I didn't realize, but like I said earlier, I did not realize that this is the first time that Clayton Kershaw is pitching, pitching at uh, Fenway Park. Yeah, I saw that too. Um, so what's give me a prediction. Oh, man. I, I, I think uh, I'd like to say seven, but I think it's going to be uh, Red Sox in six. I think they win in six. Same Red Sox in six. I yep. think uh, Red Sox in five. Wow. I think I think if it, if it the 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 big the big thing here is the first two games because I think that the Dodgers will win two in LA. I think they'll win two in LA. I don't know. At least I don't know about that. At least I don't know. They, about they play so much better at home for whatever reason they do. I don't know. I don't think. Uh, oh well, yeah, no, I think they do, but I think these two games, and you have to factor in the cold weather. You know, they're playing in cold LA. Too. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I, it's like what forty degrees here right now. So. Um, what is so? Here's here's a real quick. quick it's, oh, and it's also going to rain tonight. Uh, I don't know. Oh, if actually, yeah. I don't know if it's going to rain like during the game actually, but it will be raining before. What would be the be- ML the MLB's best case scenario for? For uh, the World Series, because it's a pretty good one. Uh, it would it would York. it would have to be Yankees Dodgers because Yankees, then you have because you have the whole storyline about the Dodgers moving and then you know from Brooklyn and I don't know maybe I think uh, re- you know it's too late for this one but when the Red Sox and Cubs were in their World Series droughts, yeah, <laughs> if they had played in the World yeah. Series, that would be good. Sox um, Mets maybe two. No, that was. Like that. Cubs White Sox, that would be a good one, right? Cubs, White Sox, yeah. That's never yeah. been done, has it? 
I don't think so. Dodgers. Because we've had uh, Yankees, Mets. Yeah, we've also had Bay Area with uh, with Oakland and um, San Francisco. And San Francisco. But I, yeah, I mean, from the American League side, you probably have to have the. It's it's got to be some variation of Red Sox, Yankees, Dodgers, Cubs. You know. Yeah, and we'll also get the uh, the weird five oh five starts in Los Angeles when they go out to Dodger Stadium. Well, for their fun. time, right? Yeah, five oh five. Yeah, out on the West Coast. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pacific time. Playoff baseball and and the sun's still shining. Great. You know, I, I didn't. They used to do like back in the day. Didn't they like used to do day games for the World Series? Yeah, they didn't have lights. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I saw. Yeah. It'll be fun. I, I, I think it's going to be a good one. I like how you know, it's Boston, LA, big markets, lots of storylines. Um, should be fun, and I and I like the Red Sox chances. So, how about your boy, real quick? Your boy LeBron hasn't had a win yet. No wins. No win. Yeah, he, they lost last night. Lost he missed the free night. throws. He missed the free throws. He missed two free throws. Crucial and the, free th- game winning shot. Um. Yeah. Uh, it's it's over. Their their team <laughs> oh, is over. Starting fights and uh, I don't know. All right. Well, we can get into basketball later. I might do another podcast or maybe write something by the end of the week for basketball. I don't know. Uh, very hype about the World Series. Uh, week seven is in the books. We got week eight coming up. Who, who plays Thursday night? It's Houston and Miami. Houston uh, might be. I know it's I know it's the Texans. Yeah, I think it is Miami actually. So uh, that's not a bad matchup. Both teams four and three. Uh, no. In in in, uh, in Houston too. So. Both teams are four and three, so I don't know. We'll have some more stuff coming up. Uh, Brocktober. What's that? Brocktober on a Thursday night. Brocktober. Oh yeah, well Brock. T- I I was thinking uh, about Brock Holt when you said that, but I was like, if Mookie starts at second base, I don't think we'll see Brocktober. Um. All right, I guess that's it. Uh, we'll be back next week probably. Yeah. Um. And yeah, that's it. So uh, let's go Red Sox.